Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hi, and welcome to The Living Room. We are happy to be here in Michelle's Living Room. I'm Jody, and I'm joined by Paige and Nicole, Jana, and Michelle. So this is Love Better and Love Bigger, how we can deepen our love and become more Christ-like in the way that we love and serve others, and really the focus on love. This last week, I watched a preview about a group of friends that were climbing Mount Everest. And that's not one of my goals, but I'm always in awe when I think somebody is wanting to do that. You know, it's so much preparation and the actual act of doing it. You don't always know you're going to get to the top. But so the next day I was driving with my daughter and her friends and we're in the minivan, you know, doing carpool home from school. And I've got my favorite radio station on and it's K-Love. And this <laughs> song comes on by a group I love, Casting Crowns. And the song is Love Them Like Jesus. And for some reason, these two worlds collided. And I saw this group of climbers in my mind as I listened to the words to the song. And I pictured how at one point there was one of the climbers that fell behind and two others chose to stay farther behind and just stay by her side. And here were the words. She's desperate for hope, darkness clouding her view. She's looking to you. So just love her like Jesus. Carry her to him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. You don't need the answers to all of life's questions. Just know that he loves her and stay by her side. So, all of a sudden, I'm teary-eyed at the minivan, and the girl's like, Mom, what's wrong? Tony, what's going on? And I said, oh, I'm just having a Jesus moment. That's what I call them. And they're like, oh, I, they, the poor kids. They don't get to listen to their hip-hop and all of that. I'm like, it's K-Love on the way home. So I want to talk about something that parallels these two things. Loving is hard. Easy, but it's also hard. So I want you to picture this in your mind. I came across this wonderful quote, and this really pulls it all together. This is from a pastor, Stephen J. Coles in Flagstaff, Arizona. And he says, very few reach the summit of Everest. No one lives up there. On rare occasions, we may succeed in loving others as Christ loved us, but none of us live there consistently. So that's the truth. Sometimes we have these bigger, better moments where we're able to love like Jesus Christ. And then we have the next day (laughs) and we literally descend, you know, and we are not at that high pinnacle point. And I think we're really hard on ourselves because I think those of us in this room, I know us all well enough to know we want that Mount Everest kind of love. We are loving like Christ 24 seven. And yet we aren't able to live there 24-7. The air is too thin. Um, our capabilities are lacking. You know, We're not perfect. So let's have a conversation, a vulnerable conversation about what we can do to love better and bigger and be like Christ, um, knowing that it is hard to make that climb sometimes. And sometimes we're asked to do that. And sometimes we descend a little bit. So my first, oh yeah, Paige. No, 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 go ahead to ask your question. 
so sorry. Well, hey, if it's a good thought, you well, share I just it. had this thought while you were talking. I have no idea what your question is, but <laughs> <laughs> I just had this thought while you were talking. You were talking about how we we can't live full time on the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. but um, it struck me that feeling love once in a while is amazing. And so being on the other end of that, and it made me think of um, Victor Hugo's quote from Les Miserables, to love another person is to see the face oh, of God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so just feeling of that love is so healing. Even yes. though we're not there full time, yeah. gosh, it can last yeah. a really long time. So that's perfect for later on. I want us to talk more about some of those tools and things that we can do. That's that's a beautiful one, is to be mindful and remember that you have made that ascent and you know what it feels like. And so to seek after it and know that it's not lost just because at this moment you're not feeling it for this particular person or in this particular situation, but you are capable of feeling that love. You've been there and you've breathed that air. So that's a perfect lead in to just know that there are ways that we can do this better and bigger. So let's start off with a little bit of a harder type question. So I want to know who have you had a hard time loving and not the whole story, maybe, but just the, you know, what was the circumstances? Because the honest truth is all of us have had a hard time having that Christ-like love. And maybe there's a lot of different examples, but pick one, pick, share and be vulnerable. Okay. So, I was thinking about this and I went clear back to like when I was relatively like a newlywed and we moved out of Spain. We were um, like going to like a new church. We call them wards, but they're like a church congregation. And I was given a church calling serving with the women. So, but I'm like barely old enough to be in that organization mm-hmm. as it is. I was like 21 or 22 and I'm like serving all the women and the way that the, the service position ended up, there were like four of us and one was in charge. And then there were, uh, there were others. And I was like one of the counselors that was there and I couldn't stand the president. <laughs> I couldn't stand her. Everything about her drove me crazy. <laughs> like I really couldn't stand her. And I was like, she's weird. But everybody that lived in the state was weird. Cause like, I'm like, Oklahoma was like, no offense. <laughs> Don't have <laughs> it. Don't have like, no, no, there's a good Oklahoma. ending. There's a yeah, good yeah, ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, who are these people? And like, Actually, I think it might have been Kansas. So that I just ruined two, two places now. Either way, like, it was the like Midwest, she's living and in I'm from the Rocky Mountains, and so everybody was weird. But then she was weird, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot stand her. But I had to work with her, and I had faith that the reason that I was put in that position because that, that's what Heavenly Father wanted me to do. So I very specifically remember getting on my knees mm-hmm. and asking Heavenly Father to help me to love her. Mm-hmm. And to see her how he sees her, because I thought she was crazy, mm-hmm. and to really love her. And I was so, I shouldn't have been surprised. I really wasn't surprised. I was so happy to see that he quickly softened my heart, and I was able to get to know her and find value in what she brought to that organization and be able to openly, honestly support her. So that was a cool experience because I was pretty young, and mm-hmm. I've actually been in substitute subsequent situations throughout my life where I had to repeat that scenario a few times. Yeah. Well, and I thought as for it being the time of 
year where we're going into the season of loving better because Christmas is just around the corner. And even if you're listening to this in the middle of the year, it's still the same thought that don't, isn't that something we want to do all year long? And so, you know, we're not just trying to do it in the month of December, but we want to do it in July and in yeah. February and March. Cause like, what, who was the problem? Like she wasn't the problem. Right. So I was the problem. My view of her was the problem. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the idea that I'm like, I don't belong here. I don't think like these people think I like, I still want to like go back and do teenager things, even mm-hmm. though I'm technically an adult. So like the mm-hmm. problem wasn't her. Yeah. The problem was me. Yeah. So the Lord needed to just change me, but he would, he couldn't do that until I asked. <laughs> well, and as we're thinking about setting New Year's resolutions or just always trying to improve, you know, our relationships, that's really the purpose of, of this show. And thanks for being vulnerable and honest because, you know, we've all been that person going, this individual People is strange crazy. to me, you know, <laughs> and uh, whether we like to admit or not. So thank you for being honest yeah. because it was tough for you. All right. Who wants to go next and share? Jana. So we had this kid in uh, our neighborhood growing up. This is going way back to when I was like nine years old. And uh, we had this kid in the neighborhood who was so mean. He was just a bully. And he would throw burrs in the girl's hair and they'd get stacking them. You'd have to have an unflattering haircut. And, you know, he was just... I don't know one person who liked him. We all just avoided him because he was so mean. And one day uh, I saw him just tearing down the street on a big wheel. And... from a little kid, right? <laughs> and and so he comes tearing down the street and he gets to the corner and he hits um, a sprinkler and he wipes out oh. and the sprinkler cut open his leg. Oh. Now, the nine-year-old evil person in me is going, finally, he gets a comeuppance, right? <laughs> then I saw my mother. Wait, what did you say? Comeuppance? Yes. I've never heard that before. Okay, that's a new one. I love it. Okay. Come so up, I mean, it's like you deserve it. Yeah. Okay. Justice has been no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so then I see my mother tearing out of the house. She'd seen the accident from inside. She had a fistful of cloth diapers. And I said, Mom, what are you doing? Do you know who that is? And she's <laughs> like, Yes, I do. And I'm gonna go take care of him. And she oh. ran across the street and she bandaged up his wounds and oh. she um she just made sure that he was okay, right? And I, that image of my mother just tearing out of the house and ministering to the meanest kid I've ever met taught me about loving your enemies like no other. And I think about it all the time. And one of my mom's favorite sayings was, the people who are the hardest to love are the ones who need love the most. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be true. And that when I when I find someone who is difficult to love, I try and remind myself of that. And it, Being that nine-year-old yeah. and going, ah. Oh. I, I, I had a kid on my street just like that. And so when I'm thinking, Everybody does, right? Yeah. When I'm like, the, I can just put myself there with pigtails and everything going, oh, but just don't make me play that person. And we ended up being really good friends. Michelle? Yeah. Um, I remember being a teenager. When I went to Girl State the very first time, I struggled at Girl State. It's, um, for, it's a leadership program for girls between their junior and senior senior year. And I kind of went by myself. I didn't know anyone else who was going from my school. I mean, I knew who they were, but we weren't really friends. Um, and I didn't have, I remember feeling completely alone in that. And then also being completely overwhelmed by everyone's different personalities. Mm-hmm. Just 
and somebody's too loud and somebody's not loud enough. And somebody's talking about farming and ranching and rodeo, like it's the best thing ever. And there's another cheerleader that you want to punch in the face. Like the whole thing was so much for me. Um, and yet it was a really fantastic experience and I got to know some people and, um, I had the opportunity to come back the following year in one of their returning officials positions. And I remember leaving that year, knowing I was going to come back, being the most worried about loving these girls because I'm supposed to serve them and lead them. But if I don't love them and they bother me, that's a problem. And every single day for a year, I prayed for those girls who didn't even know they were going yet. And every single day for a year, I prayed that heavenly father would help me love them and see them as he saw them. And I remember just being completely overwhelmed with love for those people, (laughs) completely overwhelmed. And I knew it was an answer to prayer and I knew I was getting outside of my own weaknesses and my own judgments. And I knew that I was getting the best gift Mm -hmm. to see people Mm -hmm. and to touch them and to talk to them and to cheer them on in the things that they were doing and to think that some of those things were awesome. And I truly did care. And it was more than me. It was Mm -hmm. way more than me. Mm -hmm. And so I do the same thing. I have had people as an adult where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I'm not supposed to hate people, but I do. I hate you and you're bugging me. (laughs) And then I remember that heavenly father can change my heart, but I have to be willing to stop and to pray and to ask for it. And so, um, from, you know, neighbors, I can't get along with to other things. I remember that moment that I was taught that I can, I can humble myself and love as he loves. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, but it also is so fantastic at the same time. I've done that for my own children. Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah. See, I need to love them like you. This is a visual show. So we're all teary-eyed, but I saw you go through a physical transformation. You know, all of a sudden your face turns a little red, Mm -hmm. tears in your eyes. That same thing happened for me. Careful, careful. You know, but the reality (laughs) is is that it is, you guys just, you explained climbing to Everest, you know, and getting there and saying, I'm here and picturing what Paige said in the beginning, which was, we all know what that feels like. Once you're there, it's exhilarating and right. you want to be there. But you also recognize, you know, gosh, I, the next day I'm bugged by someone else. I'm human. And mm-hmm. so it is that it is that relationship of awareness that says, and it's okay. This, isn't this what we're supposed to learn here on this earth, how to do it? And, and that's just what we're doing. We're just learning, right? Yeah. And you'd think after having amazing experience like that, I would pray for that every day. Every day. Right. But I forget. And then I have to get back into praying for it again. And that's exactly why we're doing this show. I needed it. Did you have an experience, Paige, that you wanted to share? I loved everyone's experience. Okay. Well, she's just lucky. You know, can I say, though, like, we've been talking about strangers. Or not, like, I guess the, the boy on the Hot Wheel, he wasn't really a stranger. But... Sometimes this is really hard to do with people that are family, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. And I, I say this, um, I, I can say this because she and I have talked about this, but when I first was married, my husband's sister and I, like, mm-hmm. like we had to work mm-hmm. at our relationship. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, it didn't come easy. Yes. Um, and it's different because, like, if it's a church calling, I'm only with that person for 18 months or two years. Right, but my sister-in-law, we're pushing two decades, and I'm so grateful that I put that effort forward to get to know her and love her, even though we're different people. So on that vein, so let's think about awareness. Each one of you pretty pretty much answered the question, so you shared that there was a 
moment of awareness where, wait a minute, I'm feeling something and dot, dot, dot. I don't want to feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. What was the awareness and what made you want to change it? Because you weren't forced to. What is, what's that compelling thing that's saying, hey, you got to love better and you got to love bigger? Christ. It's mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. It's Christ, you know. Um, so he's, you know, he's there with those arms open saying, hey, I got you. I know this isn't easy. Can you picture Christ at the point when he's being taken um, and the mob has him and he's got the crown of thorns on and people are spitting on him and making a mockery of him. You know, you aren't the miracle man. You say you are, you aren't the healer and the restraint that it takes. And then to be on the cross and to be able to say, father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. That is the ultimate Everest in my mind. Gethsemane was also something very, powerful in, in, in a same way and yet a different way because he went through all of those feelings and he, he wanted to, he wanted to do something that he knew was going to be so hard and he willingly, he willingly went there. And we are asked to do those same things in smaller ways, but he is very much open armed all the time, just saying, Hey, I, I get it. I know how hard it is to love because even in that moment where I know they're taking him, I'm sure there's a part of him. He was a, a human being, even though he was a God, where his wrists hurt, wherever they had whipped him had hurt, where I'm sure he just could say, why don't, why are you doing this? You know, and, and I don't want to love you right now, but I do. So he, he does ask us to do those hard things. So what did you learn from loving this person? who was hard. What was the takeaway? Was it something you learned about yourself? Was it something you learned about life? Is it an ongoing lesson? I think I'll share just the thought that I find out what I'm capable of that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, wow, I have that capability to, to love that capacity. And that doesn't come just because I am who I am. It, that realization comes, God can work through me and in me to make that kind of a transformation. Wow, is, that's possible. You know, that to me is uh, is the most exciting thing when I've looked at people that have been very, very difficult to, to love. You know, whether I am bugged by our, our personalities don't match or, you know, I know they don't like me. And I just want to say, why, why, why can't you like me? You know, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Why are you bugged by me? Have you ever had that experience where you know you bug someone and basically you're like, I'm sorry, I just am who I am. Okay. But it hurts. And so you don't want to love that person. So, you know, what, what is it that we, what is it that we learn? Um, so what came to my mind, it's the wrong word though. I need you guys to fill it in for me. Satisfaction came to my mind, but I know that's the wrong word. I'm thinking maybe growth, the opportunity mm-hmm. to move through something and overall allow my spirit and myself mm-hmm. to grow. And then what I've noticed is the connections that are made when you push through that. Mm-hmm. And so really we're so benefited on the other side of pushing through hatred or dislike. 
and choosing love, opting into love, and then we're allowing ourselves to grow. Which is such a great feeling. It is. Growth is good. It's hard, but good. So mine was actually like, like a physical understanding that the person that I thought was crazy was really cool. Um, and of course it came through, through prayer and Heavenly Father changing my heart. But I remember walking into her basement and it, like, just imagine like, I can't even describe it. It's like a scene from a movie, right? Like just typical Midwest house. And like, I walk into her house and I walk into her, her basement and, She's just not like me. But then we get into her basement and I find out that she has created this whole um, thing of like finding garage sale items that was like this one type of glass and then reselling it on on um, eBay, which was like just an up and coming thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And even though we were so different, I just re- remember being grateful that I was learning more about her because I realized that even though we were different, like she was kind of cool and she was quirky, but like awesome for her. Yeah. So if we think of these as suggestions for other people who are listening and for those of us who are here, so actually looking for something good in that person is obviously going to be helpful in a situation, right? Where we're having a hard time learning how to love. Are there other suggestions that you would make to say, yeah, this, I would do this again. I would do this again in a situation where it was hard to, hard to love somebody. Your mom did service to that boy. Yeah. Serve that person. And yeah, the other thing she used to say was you love those you serve and service mm-hmm. is a really good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really what hard. is your philosophy yeah. for people you don't like when you think <laughs> of loving others who are hard? If, if I came to you, which I am, I'm mm-hmm. asking the question. Um, so this is a really hard person to love. And I'm asking you, as the Savior would, to love this person. And your philosophy, your personal, I can do hard things, I can love hard people philosophy, Mm -hmm. what would that be? What would you say, this is how I approach it? Um, Well, this is a little bit, was a slight turn, but it keeps coming to my mind. But I remember a few years ago reading in the Bible about Christ learning about John the Baptist's death and he wanders away and goes to be by himself and he's followed and they Mm -hmm. find him. Mm -hmm. And I think of how easy it would have been for him to say, I can't, can't do this right now. I can't like, thank you for coming, but they want to listen. They want to hear him. And then he goes on to, to, um, preach. And that's when we have the loaves and the fishes. So, in the midst of his own sadness and also in the midst of his own realization that he was the one who caused it, right? Because of his faith, because John the Baptist had faith and preached Jesus Christ, he's now dead. And I cannot even imagine what that would feel like, but I also can't imagine because I'm so easy to say, oh, I can't do that right now, or I can't serve right now, or I can't love this person right now because my challenges are hard. And if I'm just looking at myself, then it's really easy to go, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try with that person because I've got other problems. Okay. I got other things I'm working on. And if I remember that and also remember that sometimes even in our hardest times, we can choose to love other people. We can choose to serve and miracles can happen. And it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive and it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. But, um, I think I'm quick to dismiss and say, Oh, well, that's not going to work for me. Right. I'm sorry. I can't love you right now. I'm going to be in my own bad mood. Um, 
but it might last for like a couple of years. So yeah, you just wait. yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll come around when I feel like it. But then I'm reminded that we can, even in the hardest times do amazing things yeah. if we turn and let the savior in yeah. and help. I like it. Jana. I love that you shared that. It reminds me of a favorite Neil Maxwell quote he said empathy in agony Mm. is a portion of divinity. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? And I think when we reach into ourselves in those hard, hard moments and find the empathy to love another person in that moment, that is a portion of divinity. I yes. Yeah. So I think sometimes the people that are hardest for me to love are the people that have qualities that trigger my weaknesses. Mm. Oh, and nice. that awareness is oh, so, so good so. to come to. It's hard to come to, but it's so Yeah. So like good. praying. Yeah. To see them as God see them is huge because mm-hmm. that actually, like, I you actually can see them differently. But mm-hmm. also, what I have to do is then pray to have Heavenly Father work on my weaknesses. Because mm-hmm. if there's a quality that they have that's driving me crazy, oftentimes it's because it has something to do with something mm-hmm. I need to yeah. change. Oh, yeah, that's and, very and and that is such a, a, such a mature way of looking at it. And I mean, I don't mean to say that like, oh, I'm so much more mature. And so I'm, th- I'm saying I'm so proud of you for doing that. But it, when in psychology books and when you go through the steps to really, really have personal growth, becoming aware that you are most triggered by those things that you see lacking in yourself. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, if you can turn it around and say, wow, I really admire this person actually. And I don't really I hate them. I really admire them, and I'm a little jealous, yeah. you know. And we put words to it, we put emotion to it. I like yeah. that. So, um, like, there was someone I saw on Instagram, and like, she was just like rocking for six child, and like doing all this cool stuff. And I was like, how dare her for having six kids? I'm like, no, Nicole. <laughs> the problem was that she was doing it all, and of course, it's the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But like, I was feeling a tinge of guilt that she was rocking her sixth kid and rocking life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with her. So she was fantastic. We've got to stay away from comparison, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. When we're climbing Mount Everest and remember that image I said, those two hikers, they stood back and they stayed by her side until she was ready to start hiking again. And so that visual comes to my mind where it's like, wait a minute, you're in awareness. You know exactly what you're feeling. You get in tune and then you go, wait a minute, I'm really, this is something I'm supposed to admire. And I do. And my life is different. And so I'm not going to compare. Comparison is definitely something you want to stay away from. Anybody mm-hmm. else want to share philosophy? Jeff, Jenna. Well, I think that, uh, but I want to roll back to what Paige brought up in the very beginning, that idea of feeling that love, because I think that naturally when you feel that, it naturally bubbles over. You almost can't even think an unkind thought when you're in that space mm-hmm. of really just immersed in his love. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my mother-in-law just urged women to feel the love of the Lord daily. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much. I, I too and I just think yeah we can do that right and if we if we seek that it will spill over into other areas of our lives so have the faith that if it's not right there it, it will come if and you ask keep showing up and ask for it yeah I think we've had some really good thoughts and I appreciate you recognizing um, that if we're honest you know it, it helps all of us I'm, I'm grateful for the vulnerability and the honesty and I just I'll end with the thought that one of my philosophies is that I've got to let Christ carry my pack. I've got to let him carry what I can't. And I know that we 
have the capability because we do have that part of the divine in us to love others the way that Christ loves us. And sometimes my pleadings with the Lord is, please love this person better and bigger for me in this moment because I'm anxious and I'm not ready to be in a space where I can really love them. But Lord, help me. Help me make that climb. When you know I'm ready to make that climb, please help me and stay by my side. We hope you find some living room and learn ways that you can learn or that you can love bigger and better and be more like a savior. That's what we're all trying to do as Christian women. And it's a, it's a mighty climb, but boy, I think it's worth it. Just like we all said once we're there. So thanks for joining us and keep Christ in your heart, not only at Christmas, but all year round. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.